Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Injury Law Pod, the podcast where we break down personal injury law in a clear and simple way to help listeners understand uh, this complex area of the law. We see a lot of simple commercials and lawyers trying to tell people, you know, it's all about one thing, but uh, there's a lot that goes into personal injury law and there's a lot of different issues. And on this podcast, we're just trying to tackle those, bring them to you clearly and in a way that's uh, pretty easy to understand. So I'm your host, Eric Bartlett, 27-year personal injury lawyer. And again, we try not to take ourselves too seriously on this podcast. Keep it light. Keep it entertaining as much as we can. And uh, hopefully you find good value in what we're talking about. So we are underway in our series, The Anatomy of a Car Accident Injury Claim. So far, we've talked about before the accident ever happens, what you should know, what you should have done, and if for some reason you came across this podcast after you've been in an accident, things that uh, maybe you did and uh, you just didn't realize how important they were. And so by listening, you're figuring out what you're needing if you're going to make a claim against another driver for injuries and damages out of an accident. And then we also talked about the accident itself and everything that you need to know right when an accident happens, what you should be doing, what you should be thinking about so that uh, you're preserving stuff that you need to make your claim and that you're not making any missteps. Then we talked about right after the accident, things that uh, you need to do as far as getting medical treatment, preserving evidence, uh, making um, sure that you've got witnesses identified if there were witnesses, things like that. Uh, then on the last episode, we talked about the insurance claims process and uh, what that kind of looks like to try to get all your information to the insurance company so they can evaluate your claim. And that brings us to this episode, which is what happens if you can't get your claim settled out of court. Yes, I use quotes there because people use out of court pretty frequently and sometimes, I don't know, it's not necessarily accurate. I guess there is in court and out of court, but we'll kind of clear that up as well as we go through. So you've gotten everything to the insurance company, like we talked, provided them the information you thought they would need, that they indicated they wanted, and you've been waiting for this settlement offer to come. And who knows, right? Maybe a settlement offer isn't coming. Maybe they've decided, um, you know, we need more information. 
boom, uh-oh, off track. All of a sudden now, you thought you got them everything that they wanted, but they say, you know, we're going to need some prior medical records on you. We need to see if you were having problems with this body part before this accident. And we don't care. We don't care that you're telling us you've never been seen for a problem with that body part. We want to get into your records and we want to look for ourselves. So we're going to need an authorization for your primary care doctor uh, for five years. We need to look back. So we're going to see everything. We're, it's not going to be limited. It's not going to be uh, one of these things where it's only going to be requesting for that body part. We just need a blanket authorization. So when you are in complaining about I don't know, things that might be embarrassing to you. Insurance company is going to see that. Maybe they're going to tell you, well, we got your lost wage information, but we're going to need better verification of that. We're going to need to see tax returns. Uh, we're going to need to see something from your employer indicating that you really lost this time and it was because of your um, injuries. They might tell you, hey, we're not going to consider your lost wages because you got sick pay benefits through your employer. So we're not going to we're not going to pay you for lost wages. Hmm. Is that how the law works? Good question. Oh, I may know the answer to that. Um, or maybe all of a sudden we're going to talk about your blame in this accident. You know, we want to talk about how, you know, remember that recorded statement you gave us and we asked how how fast you were going, how fast you thought the other vehicle was going, how much time there was between the time that you first saw the other car and the accident, you know, how much um, how much distance there was between you and the other car when you first saw them. Well, we've been doing a little bit of calculating. That's what the insurance company will tell you. And we think that there was plenty of time for you to have avoided this or certainly taken some actions to lessen the collision. Maybe there was time. Did you, you said you didn't honk your horn. Yeah, you should have honked your horn. That could have uh, alerted our driver that, uh, you know, a collision was imminent. Maybe they could have done something different. Uh-oh, the insurance company that you've been working with all of a sudden has a lot of reasons that they're not wanting to talk settlement with you. Very interesting. Or maybe they come back and they say, okay, we've got everything we need. Here's our offer of settlement. Womp, womp, womp. It sucks. You're like, what? That's what you're offering me? After I was out of commission for six months, I had to have surgery. I went through physical therapy. I missed several months of work. That's what you're offering me? And they tell you, well, yeah, because, well, you know, we only consider... X, Y, Z, right? We, this is where, this is how we're basing our, our evaluation. 
So, hey, sorry. Sorry you don't like it. That's what we're that, – that's the offer. So, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Insurance company says take it or leave it. Well, so here you are. You now have um, a fork in the road, maybe three forks in the road. You got to make some uh, decisions because it's pretty clear you're not getting anywhere with the insurance company. And, oh, they had just, it just kind of reeled you in. They led you down that road, right? And that adjuster seemed so helpful, so caring, so nice. Yes, you know, when you get done with your treatment and everything, you we're gonna you're gonna get us everything. We're gonna take a look at this, you know, we'll get this result for you. Well, didn't happen. So now what? So again, you basically have three options. I guess you can forget about it, right? They've made it hard and you're just not that interested anymore. The song comes up, let it go, let it go. Sorry, I had to do that. Um, probably not a realistic option for most people. Um, you've been hurt. You've been out of commission. You've lost wages. You've had uh, whatever, weeks, months, a long time of going through a lot of pain lot of losses, and you're probably not just going to let it go. So, but that's an option, right? You just let it go. But again, probably not a realistic one, especially if you were really hurt. So I guess the next option would be try to do something in court on your own. There is small claims court. Small claims court is there for the individual to file a claim in court on their own, no lawyer needed. In Missouri, the limit, the maximum you can recover is $5,000. So depending on what you've got going on, there's a good chance that your claim probably exceeds $5,000. So for a lot of people, it's not a very attractive option but essentially with small claims court, you would file your claim against the other driver. So here's what you have to remember. In Missouri, at least, probably in a lot of states, you don't sue the insurance company directly. See, that would be too nice, right? When the insurance company jacks you around, instead of having to sue the person, even though it's their fault and they need to be held responsible, but Instead of being able to sue the insurance company, who at the end of the day was the one that was supposed to step up, they were supposed to evaluate this claim fairly. They took on the risk. That's why people bought insurance. They're supposed to pay the claim fairly. Well, you don't get to sue them directly. The only time you get to sue the insurance company directly is if you're making a direct claim against the insurance company. So for example, if the other driver was uninsured, then, and you can't get it resolved with your own insurance company, then you are suing your own insurance company directly. But if you have a claim against another driver and they have insurance, then you are suing the other driver. 
and you have to get them served with the lawsuit, meaning they physically have to get the paperwork in their hands in order to move down the road of a lawsuit. We can talk about that a little more on the next episode. But, um, no, you have to sue the other driver. So in small claims court, uh, you go, uh, I think now most of the courts have these, uh, the forms and things online and you have to fill all that out and they will charge you a little bit of money. The court will, and they will send a certified letter to the other driver and assuming the other driver actually still lives at the address that you know about because a lot of times, you know, when an accident happens and the police get the information on the drivers, they're just looking at a driver's license. And if for any reason that's old information, well, that's what's out there. So assuming you don't chase the other driver uh, because they've moved three times since they had their driver's license issued or renewed, um, so say you get the paperwork in their hands, then you would get a court date and you could go have a judge hear you out about what, you know, what you want, right? And you have to go and you have to prove your case. But small claims court is, a, uh, doesn't have all the evidentiary rules that real court has. So it's made for the lay person to go and get something done. But again, it's not easy. There is a maximum amount dollar wise that you can get. And so it's, it's not for everyone's case by any means, but it is an option. So then that brings you to the third option, which is getting a lawyer. So if you haven't had a lawyer involved yet, and of course, my self-serving statement is always going to be, you should have. You are going to have to get a lawyer involved at this point because only a lawyer can file the paperwork and make things happen. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. You can file what they call pro se, that meaning on your own in in the larger court. But the problem is, is if you proceed on your own in um, circuit court, real court, however we want to call it. Again, trying to make it simple here. But, uh, you know, you got small claims, which is totally made for regular people to put their case in court. And the judge is going to uh, not worry so much about the rules of evidence and, uh, you know, all the technical stuff that is important in circuit court. So circuit court, and when a case is filed there, now you, you are under the guidelines of the rules of civil procedure. Um, you have to make sure that you're doing everything by the book. You have to, um, abide by the rules of evidence. So if you're going to have a trial, um, you got to know whether you want a, a bench trial or a jury trial, uh, what the difference is there and um, why it matters. 
And again, if you were to go all the way through to a jury trial on your own, um, if you were to present your case to a jury, again, you're bound by the rules of civil procedure, by the rules of evidence, and the insurance company is going to have a lawyer on the other side. So, boy, there's another danger zone. I talked about the danger zone of dealing with the insurance company. You would definitely be in the danger zone of um, trying to <laughs> push a case through circuit court on your own. So you're going to get a lawyer, um, your third option, if you really are serious about pursuing your claim in court. So when you're searching for a lawyer, here are my thoughts. Um, number one, you're going to want a lawyer that handles personal injury cases. Now, that seems kind of silly, right? But as you might imagine, not everybody just knows a personal injury lawyer. A lot of people do know lawyers, whether that's on a social basis, friends, acquaintances. Um, a lot of people, right, if they start talking about an issue, people are going to be like, oh, I know a lawyer. I know a lawyer. I've had a lawyer um, so, through family, right? Somebody's got a connection to a lawyer. But at the end of the day, if you're going to get this done right, you need a lawyer that handles personal injury claims, not the lawyer that does largely divorce work or criminal work or traffic work or estate planning and is happy to take on a personal injury case. There's a lot of lawyers that, uh, again, because they think they can make money on a personal injury case, they'll take it. They'll be happy to sign you up as a client, but your case will quickly fall to the wayside as they are dealing with their primary work, which is, again, whatever that is, right? Divorces, criminal, traffic, estate planning, all the things that, especially like traffic and criminal, even divorce work, that that's very labor-intensive stuff, a lot of court time, a lot of schedules, and whereas a personal injury claim, you know, if you, especially if you don't know how to be working it up properly, it can fall by the wayside. Uh, and get lost in the shuffle of all that other stuff. So number one, you're looking for a lawyer at this point. You want a personal injury law firm. That's what they do every day, all the time. They're handling injury claims. Um, number two, you need to figure out, right? Again, if you don't have a connection, you need to figure out, is this a good law firm? And I got to tell you, today, it's a lot easier to figure that out. So, geez, back when I started, right, um, I mean, we got tons of uh, clients, new clients from lawyers, like I was just talking about, right, lawyers that do general practice type stuff. Uh, they have people that come to them either because they had used them in the past for maybe a traffic ticket or they had a friend, right, that referred them to that lawyer. Well, those lawyers would then refer 
the people to us because that's what we do, and we'd work with that other lawyer on their um, claim. But, and, and, and so you would know based on a reference from another lawyer that the lawyer you were getting connected with for the injury part of it was a good lawyer. Like, they knew what they were doing. This is what they did. Okay, and that's still the case to some degree. But today's world with Google, most people now, right, start jumping on Google, searching car accident lawyer, personal injury lawyer, slip and fall lawyer, work injury lawyer, whatever their issue is, they're searching. And boom, here's all these results. And because of Google, especially, you can see what the reviews are. And that's huge. What are people that have actually dealt with this law firm saying about the law firm? You know, are they a, um, do they communicate well with their clients? Um, are they responsive to questions? Um, did they explain the process well? You know, did people feel like they were um, taken care of? And you can see that in review. So Google reviews, huge. Um, I mean, really, that's the number one I think of. There are other review sites. For example, um, you know, I'm a, I'm on the super lawyer list. Um, I don't have a cape, but super lawyers is a peer based, uh, review. So other lawyers. Uh, other lawyers have nominated me. Other lawyers have evaluated me. Um, so I uh, get this super lawyer designation. Uh, you can go to superlawyers.com, see more about that. Um, Martindale Hubble, that for years was the biggie. Uh, my law partner is a preeminent rated Martindale Hubble lawyer. Uh, for our area of the law. And that again is a peer review. That's other lawyers that have rang in evaluating him. Um, so there are other ways to figure out like, do, does this lawyer know what they're doing? Uh, but the Google reviews are awesome because again, that's clients generally speaking or other people that have interacted with the law firm and they're telling you, right? Like, Hey, Eric, was great, kept me informed, explained, you know, when I had questions, explained it to me, um, whatever. The staff was awesome. They were nice. They were friendly. They didn't talk down to me, whatever it may be. Go to the Google reviews. That's a great place to start. And again, you do want to see, right? Like, is this going to be, what are you seeing in those reviews? And of course, a lot of people like to go right to the one-star reviews. Um, which is one way to do it, right? The, the lower reviews kind of see if there's some general complaints that come through. Um, I think usually what you'll see when I'm looking at other lawyers reviews is communication, um, or even just like action. You'll see people saying, man, I just, we didn't get anywhere. I mean, obviously I get calls sometimes from disgruntled clients that are currently represented by other lawyers. And, you know, ethically, we can't speak to lawyer, uh, clients that are already represented. Um, but, you know, the first few words out of their mouth, right, before we even know they have a lawyer is, yeah, I've got, I, I'm not getting good communication. So that's just a big complaint is, you know, knowing 
uh, what's going on with your case, knowing that it's getting moved. You know, it's not just sitting. The court process is slow anyway. Um, so you need a lawyer that's uh, doing what they can to keep it moving in that system. Um, also fee, right? So let's talk about that for a minute. So lawyers, uh, personal injury lawyers work different than um, a lot of other lawyers. And you've probably seen, if you've seen advertisements, you're going to see, right, we don't get paid unless you win. No fee. Our fee is free unless we win. Um, you don't owe us a thing unless we get you money. Something like that. And what that means is truly personal injury lawyers are um, okay with taking on the risk of not getting paid, but if and when they get you money, when they get a settlement, when they get a verdict, whatever it looks like, they're going to get paid at that point. And it's a percentage. It's a percentage of the settlement. And typically speaking, there is a range, but typically speaking on car accidents, since that's what we're talking about, you're looking at anywhere, we'll say, from 33% to 40%, sometimes it's even a little more than that, but the general range for lawyers, personal injury lawyers, is 33% to 40%. And largely speaking these days, that 33% is lawyers that are um, dabbling in the personal injury realm. Again, what I talked about, you get... Um, a lawyer that's doing a whole bunch of other stuff, but they still have their old fee agreement there for personal injury, and uh, it's 33%. Um, there are lawyers, you'll be shocked, uh, but if you start calling around, um, you're going to find out. There are plenty of lawyers, especially the big advertising lawyers. They're 40%. 40% of the settlement. Um 60% goes to you. And I will tell you, my fee is 35% straight. Um, I also don't up it. So some lawyers uh, will say, if it's going to go into a lawsuit, then we're going to go up. It's going to go up to 45%. could go up to 50%. Um, we, just, we just do it straight across 35% um, with some very minor exceptions. Um, so it's all over the place. That is the going rate, if you will, of a personal injury lawyer, a true personal injury lawyer, uh, one that that's what they do and, and they know what they're doing. And again, if you called, I don't care what you call and I don't care where you call, but if you call 20 personal injury lawyers in Kansas City, if you call 40 personal injury lawyers in Missouri, you're going to hear that range. That's where it is. That's, that's the going rate. So what do you want to know? Okay, so if that's the going rate, you're not going to – that's what you're going to pay somewhere in there. So so how, how does that affect your decision? Well, I think what you do is you compare what people are um, or what lawyers are charging to what those Google reviews are, right, what people are saying. Like, is it worth having that lawyer as your lawyer? Are you going to feel good at the end of the day? And are you going to get value for that lawyer's representation? And are you going to like your lawyer that you've chosen? 
Again, if you look at Google reviews, you'll find out pretty quickly, like, do people like these lawyers? Like, do they like their staff? And that's important, right? I mean, you know, you are at the end of the day. Again, you're not paying anything up front. That's cool. We're, we're happy to take on the risk that we might never get paid. But if we've taken the case, then obviously we feel like there's a good shot. We'll get money and we'll, we'll make money because we have to make money. We, we pay people that work for us. We eat food. So we have to bring home money. We live in houses. We have to pay for those. I mean, right. It's all the same stuff everybody, uh, deals with. We, you know, that it's our job. And so we, we got to get paid. You're going to pay it at the end. You're not going to pay anything up front. But are you going to be happy when the lawyer says, okay, here's, you know, here's my fee. Here's, it's coming out. This is what it looks like. Are you going to be satisfied? Are you going to want to leave that lawyer a five-star review? And I can tell you in our law firm, everything we do, everything we do, we have in our heads, are we making our clients happy? And, or if they're not happy, do they understand why they're not happy? And do they understand why we're doing everything we can to make the best out of the situation? Because at the end of the day, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into these claims, right? We can't control every part of how the accident happened, what the injury was, what the medical treatment was, what lost wages looked like, right? We don't control that stuff. What we control is how it gets presented, you know, what can be done about the facts of what happened, um, those types of things, how things are moved through the court system, right? how we keep things moving. Those are the things the lawyer can control. Those are the things that the client can feel good about. And again, the biggest thing is, you know, do does the lawyer communicate that to the client so that the client at the end of the day understands why the result was the result? And do they feel like that lawyer really worked hard for me? And yes, I want to leave them a five-star Google review. And I want to say good things about them because they were up front with me. They, they set the expectations well. I knew going in what to expect. So at the end of the day, you're looking for that lawyer that you're going to like, you're going to trust, you're going to feel good about hiring, and you're going to feel good when it's time to pay the lawyer. You're going to be like, that lawyer earned it. That's what's important. So, you know, at this point, if you're ready to, you've done your research and you're ready to reach out, that's what you do, right? You reach out, you talk to the lawyer and you, you see what they think about your situation and they, you two together decide, does it doesn't make sense to move forward. And, you know, there again, you gotta, you gotta look at it. Is this a lawyer that it does personal injury, has a good grasp of what's going on with your claim, um, goes to court, right? Will take it all the way if necessary. You don't want lawyers that are ready to s just settle. Just whatever that 
top dollar offer is from the insurance company. They're ready to take it and run. Um, you want lawyers that have gone all the way through jury trial and and further, maybe to appeals court. You know, if you don't like a result at trial and you think you have a basis to appeal, that's another option as well. So this is what you're looking for. And, um, you know, interestingly enough, okay, so you weren't able to get it done with the, with the insurance company. Um, and it's time, like you say, the, the forks in the road have come and, and let's say you figured out you're going to go with a lawyer. You figured out what that lawyer or who that lawyer is. Um, now, you know, there's a chance, right? That a lawyer, a seasoned personal injury only lawyer gets all your stuff and they take a run at resolving this with the insurance company and they're able to do it without a lawsuit. That happens. I think back uh, maybe last episode, I told you about a client we had been offered $3,000 and that was it. Got to us. We got all the information. We got it in the hands of the insurance company. We made the arguments. We made the threats, if you will. But it's true. I mean, we told the insurance company, right? Hey, look, here's the deal. This is absolutely policy limits offer. You've been jacking around. We think this is now bordering on bad faith, um, which is something that scares insurance companies because um, bad faith handling of claims can open up an insurance company to um, having to pay more than they actually would have to just under the terms of the policy. Um, probably a, that's a whole nother episode. Uh, but that's the idea, right? You uh, lawyers again, that know what they're doing. They can get all that in the, in front of an insurance company and then they can uh, get something done without having to follow the lawsuit. So there's always still hope for a sooner resolution. Again, if you get a lawyer in that knows what they're doing, but sometimes you just can't get it done. And so then it does have to go into um, a lawsuit. And we'll pick that up on the next episode of what it looks like going through the legal process. So even though um, we'll be heading into court because of the lawsuit, um, there's still plenty of opportunity to resolve the claim out of court. See how this gets a little tricky. Uh, even though you file a lawsuit and technically you're in court, um, you're not necessarily having to take it all the way to a jury trial uh, at that point. There's still several opportunities to get it done. Um, and we'll talk about all that on the next episode. So, hey, I hope you have found this episode helpful. Um, if you have, I'd always ask for a five-star review wherever you found us. And again, see you on the next episode and have a great day.